Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, I'm Peter Seabrook, here to exchange the latest news, views and a bit of timely advice on all matters gardening. Later on in the podcast, I'll be speaking to Kevin Hobbs. He's the author of the book, The Story of Trees and How They Change the World. My thanks to this week's sponsor, Sutton's Seeds of Torquay. We usually kick off with the weather, uh, and I have to tell you, between sharp hail showers last Saturday, several of us set about clearing uh, an overgrown hedge uh, in a small garden in Oxfordshire. There were one or two old stumps of elder and uh, ivy had grown all over it and some of that had flopped. It was a real mess and we wanted to get it sorted before uh, the birds started nesting. Pigeons had pretty well cleared the berries from the ivy. But the one message from all of that, there were two or three really quite strong thorn trees with uh, trunks about two or three inches across. Uh, We trimmed those back but left the trunk about six to eight feet tall and then uh, dug around the roots and chopped them. You need that six to eight foot trunk to give leverage to pull things out. My landscape colleague has a tool called a spud. It's about six feet tall, steel, and circular, about an inch or inch and a half in diameter. It has a knob on the top and a very short, stout blade at the base. And with his strong physical energy, it's amazing how he can lift that and drop that sharp edge against root and literally spud things out. What a wonderful tool that is. So uh, we've made uh, quite a clearing where that overgrown hedge was uh, and took uh, several loads to the local recycling skip and that was an education. Goodness, the stuff people throw away. I was amazed to see quite big logs in amongst all the other green stuff in the green skip. That would make the uh, machine shudder a bit, I would think, when they needed to shred that ready for composting. It was quite a busy week. Earlier on, I'd been to uh, Digcot with the meeting of the David Colgrave trustees. The number of students applying for grants, scholarships and bursaries has increased rapidly over the past year and we spent several uh, hours allocating thousands of pounds worth of funds to worthy applicants. Uh, 
I stopped off at Reading on the way back, spent an hour or so digging an allotment where the allotment here had bought some uh, spent mushroom compost in bags. When I tipped that out to dig it in, didn't look like spent mushroom compost to me. It looked like some of that uh, municipal green waste that I'd <laughs> seen in, in the Oxford uh, recycling unit. I can't think why commercial companies can't put on the outside of the bag what's on the inside. Too many uh, rather mixed things are sold under the wrong names. It'll be perfectly good. It'll improve the soil but it won't be quite as good as a spent mushroom compost would have done. And then I finally uh, dropped off at the Royal Windsor Rose and Horticultural Society uh, launch meeting at Windsor. If any of you are in that area and are interested in gardening, you should certainly think about joining that society. Goodness, what an evening. They had a speaker on the gin distilling who was brilliant and then John Anderson, the head gardener at uh, Savile and Valley Gardeners, he spoke. Goodness, what an enthusiastic and well-informed man he is. John, you were brilliant. And then... uh, the finale was Michael Marriott, who, of course, is the marketing director of David Austin Roses, been there for years. He was brilliant too. It was uh, quite an evening. One thing that I did note, Michael's favourite David Austin Rose is a variety called Lady of Shalott, a really deep apricot. Uh, with all his years' experience, uh, picking his favourite should be a a pretty good bet if you're looking for a a nice rose in the garden. I hear too that the Associate uh, Professional Landscapers, APL, uh, have joined up with uh, Professor David Stevens to build a a show garden at BBC Gardeners World Live in June uh, and they will uh, demonstrate behind-the-surface snapshot of landscaping practices. Now, David's pretty skilled. He's been uh, designing show gardens for a long time, so I look forward with great interest uh, to see what they have to do at the NEC next June. When it comes to -to day-to-day advice, this week uh, I've helped move a Buxus ball. You know, if you've got... uh, box and you need to transplant it, this is the perfect time, March, early April. It's pretty fibrous rooted and so if you uh, lift it with a big ball of soil, they'll move pretty well. And several people have asked uh, a bit of help with rose pruning, so I've had my secateurs out uh, and uh, left them quite a bit shorter than uh, they were before. Hybrid tea and the multi-flowered so-called floribunda type roses every now and again second or third week in March uh, really improve if they're hit quite hard and pruned well back. I've sown also uh, a pot of a recently introduced self-blanching celery that is pink called Blush. Uh, I'll be very interested to see what that looks like with the uh, what we call dirty celery, the earthing up celery. There are both white and pink kinds. Uh, And I'll be interested to see whether the self-blanching in a pink form uh, is uh, as tasty as its dirty celery sister variety. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm very pleased to introduce my guest today, Kevin Hobbs. Kevin's got um, a recent book. It's called The Story of Trees and How They Changed the World. Do you know, it's a very interesting title. Uh, Kevin, uh, yes, what's behind the title and how did trees change the world? I've always been fascinated by trees and I've long wanted to to write a, a book um, that's more than just a uh, descriptive botanical book because behind every tree and indeed every plant there's a story. My colleague Dave West who co-wrote the book with me and I chose a uh, hundred trees that have had a significant impact on the way we live uh, throughout history and, uh, and it was a, a, a tough job to, to limit the uh, list to just 100 trees of course what's what's the most uh, significant then from that hundred what's the top one well it's very difficult to choose just uh, one tree it's just like uh, asking a parent uh, to choose their favorite child really <laughs> I, I, we, we, we began by exploring um, the evolution of trees really and going back 385 million years ago to um, a very primitive fern-like tree called uh, Watiza the Watiza predated the uh, dinosaurs by 140 million years. So there's certainly no interaction with humankind, but that's where we began. And of course, these primitive plants and trees created the climatic conditions that allowed for evolution of, of us. But fast forwarding to more recent times, we started to look at trees that are more familiar, like the yew tree. And there's many fantastic stories associated with that humble tree. Come on, wet our appetite. What fascinating story with yews. As research for the book, I wanted to actually look into um, archaeological evidence and, uh, and discovered a fairly recent discovery of the Clacton Spear. The Clacton Spear is 400,000 years old. That was uh, dug up. Here, here, that's a bit before my time. <laughs> I, remember, I remember going by coach as a school as a school child to Clacton for the day. Yeah, <laughs> but I didn't think going back. Did you say four hundred thousand years? Four hundred thousand years. It's just incredible. It was being utilised by uh, by man all those years ago, Neolithic man. But if you want to touch some living history, when it comes to you, um, just uh, not far from Powys. There's a churchyard. Um, I, won't, I won't name the churchyard for now because they get inundated with visitors. But if your listeners want to learn more, they, of course, can buy the book. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, but uh, near Powys, there's a churchyard with a yew tree there that has been dated to 5,070 years old. 
what I find amazing is that you can you can go and touch that tree and you're connected to such amazing history to think that tree was a seedling around uh, 3045 BC, uh, around 500 years before the Great Pyramids of Giza were built and uh, really brings history to life as far as I'm concerned. Well, I, I mean, I would have lumped for oaks, thinking myself as a, an Englishman. I mean, there's an oak... Uh, at Hatfield House, uh, I think, uh, either planted by Queen Elizabeth I or she sat under it or something. I mean, oaks must have affected the way we live. Absolutely. Yeah, of course, oaks are featured in the book. They really enabled the British Empire to develop because, of course, it was oak that was used in the building of ships. Forests like the New Forest um, were established primarily as a hunting ground um, for, for royalty, but also uh, many of the trees that grew within the uh, new forest were used for shipbuilding. And in fact, many of the greatest oaks were, of course, chopped down. But Kevin, you you know, you're a great plantsman. It's not just trees. So why trees in the case of the book? I was very much inspired by um, the uh, modern-day plant explorer, Roy Lancaster. Um, And uh, as it happens, my my parents... uh, discovered that Roy lived close to, to where I, I grew up, um, in Romsey. I started to collect Roy's books at an early age and seeing the pictures of his travels and the magnificent uh, specimens of trees he had come across um, really inspired me. And of course, just like so many children, I love to climb trees. <laughs> you know, it's just fascinating uh, to, to be up in the canopy and to, to observe the detail of the bark and the leaves and the acorns, of course. And, and like so many children, of course, um, the oak was the first tree I grew from an acorn. And uh, so, so trees really mean a lot to me. And, uh, and I love the fact that you can, you can plant a tree and leave a lasting legacy for generations to come. And, uh, and I planted many trees over the years and now... Um, approaching well in fact 51 years old tomorrow um i i feel many happy returns thank you a great (laughs) a a great sense of pride to see um these towering trees um that that i planted as a as a as a young boy and uh so really it began began with trees and it began with uh the travels of roy lancaster i mean we have a schools campaign each september going out collecting acorns putting me in a polythene bag cold and damp until we see the, the root emerging and the kids then pot them up. And a year later, when the new intake comes to the school, they plant one of the seedlings and we like to photograph that year with their tree. And then, of course, they grow quicker than the tree for a year or two. But once the oak seedling gets its roots down, <laughs> then it leaves them standing. Yeah. I feel connected to that approach uh, because... Uh, when I was at uh, junior school, um, my, um, my, we went to a parents' evening and I was, I was there with my parents and the teacher said, Kevin's far from academic. Uh, he should consider uh, perhaps being a builder's labourer. I don't know why builder's <laughs> labourer was suggested. I don't know where that came from. But I, I wish I knew where that teacher lived now. I'd send a, a, a copy of one of my books I've written. I'd say that I became a, a director of uh, world-famous uh, Hillio Nurseries. And I've travelled the world, I've advised royalty, I've had so many wonderful experiences in horticulture 
And if you're if you're motivated and passionate about subjects, uh, you'll always go far. Well, you mentioned royalty. I mean, you've actually given some advice to the Queen, I think. Absolutely. Well, um, during my time at Hillier, of course, uh, and Hillier continues to have the uh, royal warrant, we were approached um, by uh, Lady Elizabeth Anson, the Queen's cousin, um, a, a few years back, uh, just prior to the Queen's 90th birthday. Um, and we were asked to to come in and visit uh, Frogmore House within the grounds of uh, Windsor. Goodness, I hope you had your shoes clean and your tie on, hey? Absolutely, yes. It was, um, <laughs> it was, it was quite an experience, actually. Um, uh, along with Lady Elizabeth Anson, there were, there, there were a, a number of members of the, uh, the Royal Household and Parks. And uh, we had this uh, golf, golf buggy, um, beautiful golf buggy with lovely uh, cream leather seats and uh, all decked out and... Uh, and an amusing story, as, as, we, as we drove around Frogmore, I was so excited to see the trees in particular, some very well-established trees. And I was taking copious notes and uh, talking to the head gardener and uh, I hadn't realised that my biro had jiggled along and scribbled on the uh, leather beige leather seats. Oh, goodness. So, so every, every, <laughs> every, every time that uh, everyone on the buggy uh, looked to the left or the right into the distance, I got out a, a, a tissue and was frantically trying to wipe off this biro from the seat. So, but, what, but all joking aside, uh, you know, what fantastic gardens and grounds. And, um, and the, Her Majesty was looking for um, some more colour. Of course, I was able to recommend lots of um, colourful uh, shrubs and herbaceous perennials uh, primarily. And what really surprised me, Peter, was um, the following April, out of the blue, came a royal invite to Claridge's to celebrate this project and uh, as a thank you from Her Majesty. And it was a, a great event. And I did get to meet Her Majesty, albeit briefly, and uh, she was very appreciative of everyone's combined efforts. But you also worked alongside one or two really great plant breeders. I'm thinking of Peter Dummer. Were there any special plant there? I mean, if, if you uh, had to mention one shrub which you're particularly proud to be connected or associated with, what would that be? Oh, uh, that's difficult. I have to say, you know, you mentioned Peter Dummer. Uh, I was a, a Hillier apprentice, and um, I got to work with what you could arguably described as the last of the great propagators and, and uh, breeders. Uh, Peter Dummer uh, is famous for breeding uh, Cotinus grace, a very popular and common garden plant uh, around the temperate world. And Peter, uh, you know, he, he was a very knowledgeable chap, quite a character, and, um, and I was a very enthusiastic apprentice that kept nagging, and I, I nagged Peter that I could join him um, in some of his hybridization and eventually he uh, let me uh, carry the ladder while Peter hybridized magnolia and um, what an opportunity because the, uh, the, the Hilly Arboretum is the biggest collection of woody plants in the world and with lots of magnolias and Peter would climb up the uh, ladder and hybridize between these different species and, and, and varieties um, and he said to me uh, he said to me Nipper he said uh, by the time anyone sees these hybrids flower, I'll be long gone. And that was quite sobering to a young man. I was probably only about 17. And um, sure enough, uh, it was true, of course, because the most species of magnolias don't flower um, as seedlings for 15, 20 years. 
and sure enough, he said Dummer was long gone when the first of the seedlings flowered. What, what dedication, really, to, to go to that trouble, uh, knowing that you're unlikely to see the results. Um, it was Peter Dummer, Peter Moore, uh, who, uh, who's still with us and still hybridising many uh, great plants, um, such as Choice Aztec Pearl. And, uh, and of course, Alan Postel, uh, who, again, is still with us. In fact, I spoke to him this morning. And uh, Alan's famous for a number of plants, uh, the most famous of which is Daphne Bahula Jacqueline Postel. And at this time of year, its scent fills so many gardens throughout uh, throughout the world uh, with such a sweet, strong perfume. I think everybody should uh, try and have one of those in their garden, don't you think? Absolutely, yes. I mean, it's, it's incredible for... Uh, such a dreary time of the year, um, kind of late January, uh, early February, and um, and 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 they they're very tolerant actually of quite a, quite a range of conditions. That was like going to be my question, you know, how demanding is it to grow, and what soil does it need? So um, uh, we, I mean, being based in uh, near Winchester, we've got a lot of chalk uh, soils, and uh, Daphne Bula will happily grow on chalk soils. Uh, happy grown clay soils. It dislikes um, very wet winter conditions. That that will um, it will be poorly and sickly if it's too too wet at the roots during the winter. But other than that, it's uh, tolerant of a wide range of uh, soils. It's relatively slow to get going. Uh, when you buy a plant, they're often very expensive because they're very difficult to propagate. But once it starts to establish, it becomes quite an, an upright bush that just becomes a tower of flower. Um, and uh, a, a must-have, really, for the winter winter garden, and um, often in short supply. But uh, uh, if you look carefully in specialist nurseries throughout the the UK, uh, your listeners will um, uh, will surely uh, find what they're looking for. Now, Kevin, what about the future? What are you working on now? So uh, I work for a company called Wetland Plants International, which isn't a consumer brand. Um, uh, we work behind the scenes. Uh, developing uh, new plants, uh, ornamental plants primarily, but also unusual edibles. And, um, and uh, very pleased because um, joined us a year ago is um, uh, Charles Vallan, uh, who uh, is a very famous uh, breeder of plants across uh, lots of different genera. So as you can imagine, we've got lots of uh, creative ideas and there's lots to look forward to in the future and i'm also very interested in urban greening and um and selecting the right trees and plants for the uh modern built environment and uh that's something i'm you know involved in um in fact i'm meeting uh dr ross uh, cameron at sheffield university uh next week who who shares my uh, passion for uh, making sure we promote the best plants and trees different situations. Well, Kevin, you're not going to be out of work there. Eh? Even the politicians are recommending we plant trees now. Yeah, uh, just mention again the book, The Story of Trees. Who, who's the publisher? Uh, it's Lawrence King, and they've done a, a fantastic job. Um, Dave and I are very happy. The illustrator is Thibaut Harem, and uh, he's done a lovely job of, uh, of producing illustrations for each of the 100 entries. And uh, and. Lawrence King have made a very nice 
but it's very tactile, very nice to hold. And uh, what I like about the story of trees is uh, just how they produced it and put it together. It's fantastic. Thanks very much for joining us today, Kevin. Look forward to seeing you in the near future. You're welcome. And thank you for all your support over the years, Peter, to, to myself and the industry generally. What's on? Well, there's a shrub pruning demo at the Royal Horticultural Society Garden at Rosemore in Torrington, Devon, on the 8th of March. So uh, if you're down that way and you're not sure about how to prune shrubs, could be a very useful place to go. And for my tailpiece, I've just picked up one or two... Uh, Really interesting facts from Graham Clark's miscellany in uh, amateur gardening. You know, Graham was on earlier telling us about uh, his earlier experiences in the Royal Parks and elsewhere. And I don't know where he keeps finding these fascinating facts and figures each week. This week he's taken numbers as his theme and tells us that there are 2,000 species of bees all of which can fly backwards and forwards. Hadn't stopped to think about that, but yes, when you watch bees, they do fly into the flower and then fly backwards out of them in their never-ending quest for nectar and bloom. In 2015, apparently, he tells us there were 300,000 council allotments. Well, from my time on a Reading allotment, uh, they may have a waiting list, but there's an awful lot of plots that could uh, do with my spade just to tidy them up. And why is there so much rubbish left? Old baths, all kinds of uh, rusting wheelbarrows and debris. Isn't it time we had a really good purge and cleaned up some of our allotments? My thanks to this week's sponsor, Sutton Seeds of Torquay, and of course to my producer, Rich Jarman, and you for listening. Look forward to joining you again next week. Hold up, what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.